doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. All right, welcome everybody. Dr. Homebrew, we're live right now. We're going to talk about some homebrew. We're going to judge some homebrew. Um, I'm really not because I don't have any of the beer. Actually, I think I have one of the beers for tonight, Brian, and that's it. And that's it. And uh, I'm, I'm a little disappointed because I hear we're going to be uh, judging a Kolsch. And, uh, I, you know, I love me uh, Kolsch. I love me some tasty coal. So I'm a little annoyed and upset that I don't have that in front of me. But I do have a nice lager, a uh, black lager from Urban Roots up in Sacramento, Peter Hoag's Brewery. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm at least still being taken care of by myself. You know what I'm trying to say? That's a good thing. <laughs> a great thing, baby. Yeah, Our- we made sure that we had all of the Kolsch's and the Dunkles and all of the non-IPA styles while we were in lockdown so that you couldn't have any. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm disappointed that no one ran it out to me, but that's fine. I, <laughs> I, you guys are, are doing such a good job judging these beers and giving feedback. I, I feel like I can, I can drink vicariously through your, your, your words. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, thanks, man. There's really nothing like a podcast of listening to people drink a beverage. That's true. Well, that's what Dr. <laughs> Homebrew does every single time, and people love it. That's I, right, I baby. It's great. That's right. Before we get to that, though, I do want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Go to Five Star Chemicals yeah. and learn about everything you need to do to make good beer, which is, oh, look, I'm going to spoil it for you, okay? It's cleaning and then sanitizing in that order. That's it. That's all really, that's not it. That's a good portion of it <laughs> because there's, could, yeah. there's stuff like recipe formulation and stuff like that. I've, I don't know. I don't know anything about Process, that. Yeah. Ingredients, quality ingredients. Well, you can have all the quality ingredients in the world and put it in a dirty ass carboy and it's going to turn out like crap. I mean, so if you're not changing your recipe in the minutest, slightest detail every time, are you really a home brewer? That's a question I want to pose. <laughs> <laughs> If you're not changing five things every single time, a lot, not a little bit, are That's you true. really a home brewer? No. I mean, come on. I don't think that you are, yeah. All these kids, re- you know, reviewing their recipe every time. Pish posh. You do, that, you do that on the fly in front of the entire grain bin. You do not go in prepared into the homebrew shop. Are you kidding me? It's insane. But anyway, check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. They're a big supporter of the show. We like what they're doing. I'm assuming they like what we're doing, but who really knows? Um, they feel like, I feel like we just get a pat on the head, and you, know, you guys are trying. It's good. Um, but no, they, they make some good stuff, and if you're not using their chemicals, you really should. If your homebrew shop doesn't stock it, either ask them to do that or, or find another one, to be honest with you. That's all I got. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, yeah, here we are. We're in another lockdown situation. Not really lockdown, but uh, we're still at home. We're social distancing. I feel like this is going to be it for for quite a while. Yeah, for me, it's house arrest. So, you know, but uh, different, you know, fine difference. That's right. Well, no, none of us can leave. So, you, yeah, what's the difference? Yeah, well, no. With or without ankle-based bracelet, Brian? Uh, my, my ankles are okay. Okay, yeah. good, good. Well, he has an ankle bracelet, Char, but it's not an ankle yeah. monitor. <laughs> They're very for, different. Yeah, it's, it's not for those purposes. Yeah. Uh, Co- uh, Cooper uh, is definitely uh, trying to live, laugh, love. 
And, uh, you know, I feel like that's really, (laughs) yeah, I got it on Etsy. It's awesome. (laughs) Uh, we're going to be joined, uh, by Paul. Well, actually, if you're watching live, you can see Paul right now on the camera. Paul, what's going on, man? That's not much. Just, uh, sitting here and enjoying you guys go back and forth. (laughs) Nice. You're like, it's and the behind the scenes. Can't forget the behind the scenes. Sure. Paul must be a glutton for punishment because you've gotten to enjoy our humor a few times already. Uh, yeah. As a repeat yeah. offender, as I like to call them on our show. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, what keeps you coming back? Did we actually help you improve something? He's under yeah. house arrest. Yeah, he has nothing so. to do. Yeah, it's it's entertaining. So yeah, good times. All right. <laughs> it's, poor Paul. It's it's dark where he is. If you can see, it's like, <laughs> we're just we're in the yeah. twilight of the day, and Paul's like, "Bro, I've been up for too long. Can we just get? Mm. Just tell me about my beer. <laughs> get on with it. <laughs> mm. uh, what beer are we going to drink from you, Paul? Uh, well, I think you guys said Kolsch. Um, it's actually not a Kolsch. It's a British Golden Ale. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Cooper looks surprised by this. He's like, no wonder it's taste. This is the worst Kolsch I've ever had. <laughs> okay. Does Stop that change? Oh, we have to restart. <laughs> Does that? How, how did we figure out what it was a Kolsch? And by we, I mean you guys, because I'm, I, my hands Maybe are clean I, on this uh, one. You know, maybe I look back at it. Did you send us a Kolsch prior a long time ago? No, uh, originally, no, originally the beer was going to be the Kolsch, but the Kolsch oh, finishing time. Okay. Yeah. And in that ridiculously long email thread somewhere in there, I said, you know, the Kolsch isn't ready. How about this uh, BGA instead? So. Okay. I remember you saying it, uh, that, that the Kolsch wasn't ready. And then, uh, yeah. So I didn't read carefully enough. <laughs> that's all right man skimming Uh, skimming got me through high school and four years of junior college so it's fine so we Uh, don't have a call well i'll tell you what let's take a quick break we're going to take a break anyways uh and then we're going to come back we'll talk to paul we'll give you boys a couple minutes to review your findings and rejudge paul's uh paul's beer that sound fair all right sure hang on everybody it's dr homebrew we'll be right back Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Serving patient number 189. Number 189 to the counter, please. Now back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thanks very much for hanging on. We have uh, corrected our score sheets. Apparently, I was uh, being a little too liberal with the time that my co-hosts needed. And uh, they are ready to go. (laughs) They're ready to make this transition. Brian is opening a bottle. Uh, again, we're gonna that I, do our best. That's right. We're gonna do our best. Uh, so, Paul, this is a. Tell me what this is again. This is not a Kolsch. I've, I've gotten that far. Yeah, it's not. It's a British Golden Ale. And what is a British Golden Ale? Like, what would be a uh, commercial example of that? That's a. I never had a commercial example, so I don't really know. Damn it, Paul. Um, there's, yeah, there's I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't come prepared. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Is it? Um, well, that's fine. You know what? I'll, I'll let uh, the master BJCP judges describe it a little bit, and hopefully, I can get a, a handle on that. Is this something you've made before? I made it once, uh, once before. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. Same recipe or no? Just completely. Five things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, then now you're a home brewer. <laughs> Forget this recipe. It wasn't exactly what I wanted. I could change a little tiny thing, but I'm just going to strip it down to the studs and rebuild it. Uh, Brian Shar, why don't you go first and tell us about this beer? I would be happy to, Mr. Petros. So, Thanks, Paul, thank you for joining us. And I have to say, you have by far the best hair for uh, a COVID-19 lockdown uh, video event. So good job, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Uh, it's it's look, looking really good. <laughs> you'll, you'll notice I've kind of clipped mine off the top of the screen on purpose. Yeah. Uh, so and you've been on the show before, but in case people mm-hmm. haven't listened to your immediate past episodes uh, right before this, are you in a homebrew club? No, not anymore. I, uh, I, I used to be, uh, but then when I was, uh, my job requires a lot of travel, so yeah. I just never got a chance to really attend the meetings. So, no, that's that's cool. I mean, it's it's funny. One of the uh, women in my homebrew club was at the store once and mentioned to a friend she was going to a meeting. And the person behind her at the grocery was like, yeah, I'm going to a meeting right afterward, too. And she's like, uh, it's a totally different kind of meeting. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's you have to be careful with the meetings. So uh, I appreciate uh, your clarifying what, what beer this is. Uh, I'm not sure I've ever had a British Golden Ale. I was looking at the BJCP style guidelines, and the examples they give are all Clearly British, as you would expect. It's the Fuller's Discovery, Golden Hill, Exmoor Gold, the Kellam Island Pale Rider, the Moreland Old Golden Hen. You know, I guess, I guess if you've had Old Speckled Hen, you know, I may have seen like a golden version of that, like a, a good liquor store, maybe a while back, but I, I couldn't be sure. But hmm. the uh, the overall uh, impression uh, of, of, or the, the comparisons of this beer. The guidelines state that it's uh, similar to an American pale ale, but lower in alcohol, as features British ingredients, no caramel, and uh, fewer esters compared to British bitters or pale ales. So, I mean that that makes sense. It kind of situates that on the spectrum. So, for for listeners who also are probably not real familiar with this this beer, uh, that's a little something. And hey, next time we get to travel to the UK, maybe in twenty thirty or something, when we're no longer a giant national ship of the damned and we're allowed to travel uh maybe we'll get a chance to have some uh fresh on tap so uh, i i enjoyed this beer uh on opening there wasn't a lot of hiss but there was some hiss uh it was appropriate size fill etc uh there was a low aroma overall kind of a, a low malt sweetness didn't get any hop aroma uh low grain character uh, I noted from the standpoint of Polish, no wheat character. That comment still stands. I didn't get any wheat character out of this beer. Uh, so it'll be hilarious if you put like 10 pounds of wheat in here, but I, I didn't get the, uh, the wheat. Uh, very low fruitiness, kind of like uh, a grape juice, but not super fruity. Uh, no off aromas. Uh, I did adjust a little bit. I gave this uh, 7 out of 12, uh, primarily because... The uh, guidelines call for hop aroma to be low, moderately low to moderately high. I just didn't really get much hop aroma here. And coming back to the warm sample, when you'd expect more of the hop aroma to come out, there's just really, I I myself didn't get really any hop aroma here. Mm-hmm. The style is meant to very, be served cold too. They won't, It's uh, kind of a summer beer, I guess. So yeah. Right. And that, that makes sense. 
Uh, appearance, uh, three out of three. Uh, I was going to call this on the absolute kind of dark end for Kolsch. And this is, it's so hard to judge color, as everyone knows, because if it's not a standard uniform vessel under standard uniform lighting, I mean, I need to put my lights on in here in a little bit. It's, start, it's not super bright in this room. And this is kind of a thicker glass than you would get or a, a wider glass that you would have in a, a judging. So it's maybe not a fair, a fair glass to pour the, the beer into, but it's much more you'd expect from a golden ale. It's a golden color hmm. right here. So it's what you'd expect. Uh, extremely clear with maybe a very mild haze. Uh, it's a large head that settles quickly and persists on the edges. Still three out of three for a golden ale. I think it's more for, more clearly a three out of three as a Belgian golden ale than as a Kolsch. Uh, flavor. Initially, the uh, the flavor is a uh, soft malt, followed by, I thought, a distinctly plum fruitiness. A lot of the time, I have a difficult time identifying the specific fruits when there's you know some sort of fermentation, fruitiness, hop fruitiness, whatever. Uh, and I could end up being kind of suggestible. I really noticed uh, a definite plum fruitiness in the, the flavor, not overwhelming, uh, but it kind of, a, a, it's a low, it was definitely present at a low level. And that's, that's the kind of dead air you want on Dr. Homebrew when someone's <laughs> talking about a beer and goes to have a sip of it right there. It's the true. kind of dead air you only get on this show, folks. It's appropriate. Uh, exactly. Appropriate to style. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, there is a low bitterness that rises to uh, firm bitterness in mid palate, uh, which I like. Uh, as a Kolsch, I liked that because you know something like a Reisdorf, which is one of my favorite Kolsches to get in the U.S. when when it's fresh. Like a Reisdorf has a nice firm bitterness mid palate. It's not super bitter. It's not an IPA but it's not purely a, a malt-focused beer. And, and this one isn't supposed to be either. There is a uh, you know, medium to medium-high bitterness that's definitely here. Uh, hop flavor, moderate to moderate high. Uh, and that's kind of where I knocked this beer off some. I didn't really get much hop flavor in this beer. Uh, the bitterness was real nice, but in terms of this is going to be more like a, like a, a cousin of an American pale ale, there needs to be more hop flavor. And unless somehow there's a British style that, of hop that has a plummy flavor, which, which is possible. I mean, I'm not up to date on every single modern British hop varietal. Uh, I'm just not getting the, the hop flavor here. Unforgivable. Is, sorry, sorry, JP. What's oh, up? I just said it's unforgivable. How dare you not be up on every I, single British hop varietal? Yeah, uh, British hop growers, please send Dr. Homebrew every variety. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we'll be giving you Brian Cooper's address uh, momentarily. Uh, so, yes, please. Well, they, they uh, often make these with uh, American hops as well. So it, yeah. as, as as things you know change and progress and the American craft beer scene came up, like the British don't just use British hops anymore. <laughs> use whatever they want, just like us. Uh, no, and I, a brief digression, when I was in London like four or five years ago, yeah, it was getting to be hard to find traditional British styles because everybody wanted to make APA and they were importing American hops to make American IPA in London. I'm like, guys, I want to have a British beer. Uh, yeah. But the guidelines do point out that this is supposed to be 
sort of a showcase for British ingredients. So uh, probably the best examples, they're not required to, but probably the best examples of the style are going to have the, the British hops. Uh, finish is long and balanced, uh, really well attenuated. So good job on your fermentation. Uh, no off flavors, gave that 13 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, five out of five. Uh, medium to light uh, body, uh, or medium light body, medium low carbonation, uh, which now that I know this is a, um, a British style, uh, yes, low to moderate carbonation on draft. The British really don't like carbonated beverages. They just really don't, unless they're drinking a Budweiser or something like that. A, a lager, if you're going to have a lager, you want it to be very well carbonated. But if you're if you're having like a other thing that's not a lager, it's, yeah, carbonation is typically not a British thing. Uh, no warming, more perky than creamy, no astringency. Uh, give this five out of five for mouthfeel. Nice. Uh, overall impression, uh, seven. I think this is a very pleasant and tasty beer. Uh, there's no off flavors, no off aromas. Uh, the only, uh, you know, my comments had to do with uh, recipe issues for not being quite a Kolsch. Imagine that, because it's not a Kolsch. <laughs> that's, that's where my, my recipe comments uh, came in. Uh, and frankly, I the, the comment that I would uh, make for overall impression is what I made for flavor. Uh, I think it's really well made. I, I'll be curious when we chat, uh, after Brian has judged this, uh, how old this is, and if perhaps uh, age played a role in why the hop flavor wasn't as prominent. But I would do exactly what you did last time, next time. Uh, maybe bump up the flavor hops that or submit to us or to competition uh, much earlier. And I suspect it's, a, it's an age issue, not because I'm noticing any oxidation or anything, but because that's just what seems to happen uh, with regard to, uh, to uh, uh, older beers. And I will quickly, I don't know, Zoom has suddenly become like a one-by-one potion stamp. I'll screw with that later. Can you guys still see me? Yep, yeah, we sure can. You're Brian. good, Perfect. buddy. So that's 10, 10, 23, uh, 35. So I gave this overall a 35, which is very good. Uh, and I think this has the potential to be a really uh, excellent, if not outstanding, beer in the meaning of the style guidelines. So excellent. well done, Paul. Thank you very much. Cool. Very good. All right, Brian Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, we just had the the, the BGCP uh, members meeting that they normally have at Homebrew Con, and uh, you know they were talking about the provisional styles. It's it's something that you know they don't know what trends are going to come and what's going to you know go. Um, some of these beers are available in certain places in the world, and they want to give people a way to judge them. So I really kind of like the provisional styles. It it gives them a way to do that without having to redo the whole exam and change everything. So you know it's. Oh, this new style popped up and then it disappears next week, you know, like black IPA did or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> Oh, we are stuck with this now. Um, you know, it's, it can be there. Right. Uh, you know, they wrote a whole style, I guess, for brute IPA. And then by the time they finished it, it was just, the scene was done, you know, good. Uh, thank God. Thank funny. God. Just funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. BTCP members log on and then listen to that, that meeting. That's some, some, some fun stuff to say about, uh, you know, a lot of different topics of the day, but, I digress. Um, Paul, nice to nice to put a face to the voice uh, and the name. So uh, we've talked to you a few times, and you sent us some good beers in the past. Uh, yeah, same here. This this Kolsch is a, is fantastic. Um, 
no, it, it, it did have a, a light hiss when I opened it. A little, uh, you know, seemed like a good fill. Um, in the nose, I'm getting a, a you know, there, there's some similarities between the styles here. So as I'm, I'm looking at translating from, okay, Kolsch to British Golden, it's, you know, it's a light, refreshing beer, kind of, you know, crisp and a little hop to it. And it's, it's, it's nice. And it's a good summer beer. It's refreshing, uh, you know, on the, on the dark side for Kolsch, probably on towards the dark side for British uh, Golden. But uh, when we, I'll get to that soon. Uh, I got a pleasant, low, grainy kind of, lightly biscuity malt aroma uh with with faint faint hints of kind of an earthy hop and a little bit of citrus i thought clean um just a low light bit of fruity yeast character it's not a super fruity beer and uh i thought i got maybe a a tiny whiff of caramel but i might be imagining it it's just because you know you're thinking british now <laughs> um, i was thinking german uh, yeah it was different but uh there's no diastole it smells fresh and inviting um, you know, pale golden color with a, a medium, somewhat frothy, bubbly white head that fades uh, fairly soon after pouring. Um, and this, you know, on the British golden or the Kolsch, it can fade pretty well. You know, if it's especially if it's a more uh, low carbonated for the for the British. Uh, so, and it's it's not not super uh, super carbonated, uh, but it's. Uh, you know, it, it held its carbonation well in the bottle. I'd say it, it, there's still a good amount there. It forms up a nice little little head for a bit, but it, it fades down. Uh, so that's okay. Um, you know, it goes to kind of a collar of, of, of some you know finer bubbles around the edge and a little little bit of cover here as it after it fades. So flavor-wise, it's a lightly uh, it's light overall, pleasantly balanced with a, a kind of a clean biscuity, slightly grainy. Um, I don't know. I thought kind of wine cracker, like just kind of plain malt, you know, um, wine cracker. The, Whoa. Well, yeah. Wine cracker. <laughs> well, it's not, it's oh. not bready and it's not like a, you know, a super hearty cracker. It's like a light cracker. Okay. You know, yeah. got to You got to differentiate between your crackers. <laughs> you really properly. do, man. Amen to that. Especially with three of us doing the show. Says, yeah. Says the cracker to the other cracker. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. The, uh, you know, there's, there's low bitterness. I would say probably a little bit too low for, uh, for the British golden style. And, and it could have faded a little bit if it's been in the bottle for a while, which I know it's been in there a little bit. Uh, there's a little touch of some, I thought maybe some spicy hop in there too. And the flavor, it was kind of hard to get at the exact hop character because it's pretty low. Uh, the beer does finish you could, dry. You could talk me into that, Brian. The beer does finish dry. Um, it has a, uh, I got some faint kind of minerality to it. Like, I don't know what the water was, but it's not just kind of plain, boring water. There's, there's something here that's more than just the, you know, garden variety, uh, almost no minerals in the water kind of a thing. Uh, with a light beer like like this, you probably want you know a little bit of mineral in there to uh, balance it out, kind of uh, give it a touch of firmness. You know, um, the hops. I, I do get a little bit of hop lingering in the aftertaste, though a little little spice and earth. Um, 
the, the beer is so clean. It's nice that there's no, no real faults. And it, you know, the, the, the light flavors that are there kind of shine through to the end and it's, it's clean and it's refreshing. So it is, uh, it is pleasant that way. Um, body wise mouthfeel is it's medium light bodied and, uh, that's kind of a crisp impression. I guess it's kind of a medium to medium low carbonation. Not getting any obvious astringency, um, but there is a little bit of a bite there, possibly from the, the minerals playing off something in there. Um, but no warmth. It's not really a creamy beer or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, it's we'll call this a pretty pretty nice drinking uh, a British Golden. Uh, great for a warm summer day. I I judged the first one last night when I thought it was Kolsch and I found it to be very refreshing and easy to drink. And, you know, I actually kind of liked it as a Kolsch too. It, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Um, it, it's, it's close enough. And and here's the real travesty. I actually poured it into my Kolsch uh, glass just, just for fun because I have a Stange in, in my, uh, my, my, my beer glass uh, collection. And I was like, well, why you know, not? It's a little, it's a little hazy and dark for a cult, but I'll pour it in there just in front of it. I, I drank the rest of it out of that. Well, it's probably all the I dust. Ju- <laughs> yeah. No, I, I believe it out. Next time, next time you enter Germany, Brian, they're going to have, they're going to pull you out of line and take you into uh, a special little room. I put it on loop. You can see the the bubbles rising continually there. No, yeah, like not really. But okay, well, that's a good effort. Whatever. It looked cool anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I thought it was, you know. Nicely bottled. It kept the kept the carbonation that was in there, uh, you know, stayed in there. It could could be lightened up color wise, just a touch, okay. make it a little more delicate, maybe bump up the hops a bit. Um, so yeah, finally brewed beer. I I landed on a thirty seven. I thought it was you know very wow. very very good. That's very good. <laughs> cool. All Thanks. right, Paul. What do you think, man? You got uh, feedback, questions, angers, swears, uh, swears to throw around issues. callously. <laughs> What are you talk no, about? no. I mean, I'm, I, I appreciate the the feedback. Um, you know, this uh, the first time I brewed, I really liked it. Um, this batch, I don't think, turned out as well as the other one. I think the first one I brewed was closer to uh, an American pale ale. Um, you know, Brian Char, you you mentioned you know age. You know, this one I brewed on May twenty eighth, so it was very so, yeah, I'm it was wrong. pretty close. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty close, but. I, I was rushing to to get this beer finished and you know finished fermenting, carbonated, and packaged and, and sent out to you guys. Uh, I neglected the dry hopping stage, which is uh, what I did with the previous batch, and that one made a big difference. Um, yeah. You know, color wise, you know, I'll give you the the, the recipe real quick. I mean, yeah, it's one hundred percent Maris Otter. That's it. There's there's no other wow. specialty malt, no other malt in there. And that's that's what 100% Maris Otter looks like when you mash it at 152 degrees. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, that is a little darker than I would have guessed. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Um, it's real hops, nice though. Yeah, thanks. Uh, hops, uh, just a nine and a half IBUs of, of German Magnum. By the way, there there are no English hops in there because I don't have any English hops on hand. So it's, <laughs> it's all our imagination. Yeah, but uh, you know it's just uh, magnum for bittering, nice clean hop there, and then I use mosaic, a combination of mosaic and galaxy, at 15 minutes, and then uh, more mosaic, and more galaxy, for a 20 minute whirlpool at 175 degrees. 
Um, how so, much? How much mosaic and how much galaxy? Um, in all in all, it's this beer is thirty eight IBU. Okay. So, uh, for a six gallon batch, it was a half ounce each at fifteen minutes, and then uh three quarters a little over three quarters of an ounce i did it in grams it's 24 grams each in uh mosaic and galaxy a 20 minute whirlpool and i was going to do another uh ounce of each for a dry hop i think that would have helped it a lot yeah yeah hmm. yeah i just I, I i couldn't if i i mean the beer got to you on the day you guys were going to do the show and yeah. it actually well it got to you on the day it was going to do the show <laughs> And right. Brian, and, you know, Brian number two, it didn't get there in time. So, you know, sorry about that. No, it, it's um, not. It's not your fault. It's UPS. I won't bore everyone with my problems with UPS that I had about that time in a diff, different box. But it, I showed up. Uh, I was gone like for the day, and maybe one of the issues was this box, which you had very nicely packed was sitting on my porch in the direct sunlight on a very hot day. Hell yes, brother. That is exactly how you should treat beers. 100%. Yeah. So that's that's going to give you some artificial aging. Mm. Uh, but still, I would ex- I would have expected to have a little more mosaic. And but they're very distinctive hops. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I and 38 IBUs is not nothing. So I will I will blame that on on the the shipper or not the show on the carrier, not you as the shipper. I'll blame that on the carrier, leaving that out in the sun all day, uh, the day after I was supposed to get it. Yeah, like, don't you know there's like homebrew in here? You can't be leaving out. <laughs> but uh, the when I t- so I mean I I bottled the I did a bottle for myself the same time I sent it to you guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm amazed at how clear it got because when I bottled it, it was a, uh, some hazy looking shit. So, yeah, a little haze in the last pour when I poured it out into that Kolsch glass, it was yeah. hazier than the one I had judged. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, some, some yeast sediment in there. Yeah. It's, okay. it's really clear, man. Yeah. It's, it looks good to me. It's not crystal clear, but it's, the lack, any lack of clarity here is like focus on the webcam and maybe a little bit of condensation, but it's maybe it's a hint of haze. Oh, that's, that's a little Well, you're, that's, that's the very bottom of the bottle, man. <laughs> yeah, I think Brian swirled that bottle just to, uh, just to mess with Paul a little bit. That's, that's the, ha- the hazy British golden. That's the new, new, new style, the yeah. new, new hotness. Don't give yes. anybody <laughs> ideas, bro. <laughs> Please, for the love of Christ. The British golden milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Paul, do you have anything else you want to clarify or ask questions about? Um, I don't think so. I mean, okay. you know, in terms of, uh, well, I guess I, I guess I do. You know, in terms of the hops, um, you know, if I did that dry hopping edition, I, I'm sure that would have been better. And I, I think also sticking to using actual in- English ingredients for an English style beer might be a good idea too. I mean, it, it, it was a... English ale, dry yeast, uh, some naughty. Okay. Yeah, I was just um, about to ask you: is the is the yeah. Nottingham a dry dry yeast? Yeah, Lalamond. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the yeah, water? It, Did you, um, anything there? Any mineral additions or? No, no mineral additions. Just filtered it through a carbon filter. Um, water is pretty average. I mean, it's it's. Mm-hmm. I, I have the uh, the eye dip, and <coughs> I measure it every now and then, and it's pretty consistent. 
Um, it's not boring. too high in mineral. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's it's kind of boring. Midwestern water. You're close to a lot of lakes there. Right. Yeah. Well, in Jersey. Oh no. Okay. West, east, east coast Mid, water. Midwestern, Midwestern right. Jersey is that like uh, between yeah. the Atlantic and Philadelphia? Yeah. That's yeah, that's the, like Princeton, Midwestern it, uh, Jersey, yeah. and Princeton. Yeah, the, the yeah. far western. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. There's another guy coming on that's later right. from Wisconsin. I always uh, get it mixed up. Uh, no, it's all right. No, it's all right. Um, cool. I was just giving you shit because you asked where I was where I was earlier. So that's all right. Um, no, I mean other than other than the hops, um, I think it's it, it's fine. I mean, this is a I enjoyed it after you know mowing the lawn in ninety six degree weather. So it's four and a half percent alcohol too. So you can definitely yeah. kill a yeah. few of these. And, <laughs> that's my that's my jam, dude. Hell yeah, no, I'm already, more jealous yeah. than ever. Yeah. I've killed a couple of them in the last two days here. Like it's actually pre- pretty rare when we're judging Dr. Homebrew beers that I'll finish the whole bottle, but this is one that I finished the whole bottle and I'm, oh, yeah. yeah, I might do the same thing right now. Well, there Why you not? Go. It's all cool. hazy now. It's a little more interesting cool. with the haze. Maybe yeah, haze sure. Yeah, I'm going to, let's call it I'm interesting. I'm going to rebrew this one. I'll do the dry hopping edition. Um, and then I'm also rebrewing that Kolsch because it's just about done. Okay. Uh, and I'd love to send that to you guys in actual yep. Kolsch. That would be great. Yeah, please do. We'll judge it I'll as send... a dark strong, a Belgian dark strong. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'll get you to send one bottle to JP just so he can have it. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, well, totally. you send them all to Brian and he'll drive it over to me, I'm sure. I'm sure he would love to do that. Come out here to the... Got nothing better Nothing the, better to do on a Tuesday night. The high delta. Yeah. Uh, all right, Paul. Well, we'll let you go, man, if that's it. Yeah. No, it's good, man. Thanks a lot. Cool. I appreciate your time, guys. All right. Thanks, brother. Take it easy, man. Thanks, have Paul. Good, take care. Thank you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, all right. Oh, well, that man. sounded like good stuff. Yeah. Jersey it, was quite, it was quite tasty. You know, it good. was, <laughs> even though we judged it wrongly in the first place, it mm. was still a good beer and it didn't have any, like we were talking about, it didn't have any off flavors, didn't have any off aromas. And the only issues were recipe issues. And frankly, that was the same feedback that we had for uh, when we realized what it was. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, mostly just, uh, you know, little, little adjustments and it'll be a 40 point beer. Hell That's yeah. right. All right. Let's take a quick break, everybody. And, uh, we'll come right back with, uh, Brandon, excuse me. I think uh, something like that. It would be, uh, Nate. Nate. There he is. Jumped in the waiting room, man. I love this. This is great. Everyone's, uh, everyone's humming along just fine. Everyone's coming on the right time. It's good stuff. All right, everybody. Hang on. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Now, back to the examination. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. We are on with Nate. Nate, how's it going, brother? Great, guys. How are you? Not too bad. Just hanging out. Uh, What beer did you send everybody and not me? So, Katharina Sour. This one's cranberry. Ooh, I wonder if I have that somewhere. Oh, I just no. flashed his address on the screen. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, somebody can gray that out. Uh, yeah, somebody can do that. We'll fix it in post. It'll be, it'll be fine. It will never happen. Katarina Sauer, have you done uh, this style of beer before? One time, I, I did a split batch here where I did um, 
Yeah, I sent in um, one maybe a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and then I just split batch between this and uh, cranberry, and then I did. Um, well, I can't remember what the other batch was. Wow. It was another Katerina sour, and I remember we judged that and talked about that one, uh, and it was really good. I liked it a lot. Passion fruit, that's right. Passion fruit. Yep. So okay. I used that already. Um, puree. So yep. This one's got um, whole cranberries. Yeah. In it, so. Oh, nice. I feel like cranberry is 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 a good pairing with that kind of beer because the Katerina sours aren't they just a little aggressively tart i i don't know i I'm, I'm not super familiar with them i feel like all the ones we've had on this show have been from like three people <laughs> you know I'd what worry, i mean yeah with, with cranberry i worry that it would get too tart because you get the yeah 100 cranberry juice you know like, like when you get a bladder infection or something <laughs> yeah that stuff yeah. wow it's so tart it's just crazy yeah i love how it how do you experience there cooper how do you balance a beer with that uh <laughs> <laughs> well, one time I, th- I thought I, I thought there was something going on, so I just just went for it. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, I, was probably just all yeah. in my head. Well, yeah, I have the pictures if you want to. Uh, anyway. Yeah, right. Uh, Cooper, well, why don't you go ahead and start us off with this, man? Since you have an intimate knowledge of cranberry juice. Yep, and I'm going to go grab the Katerina sour myself while this you're is, talking, my friend. Yeah, so I think it's uh, what is it? X four B. What is it? BJCP. So if you want to follow along, just search X4 BJCP on your um, your interwebs device, and it comes up with Katarina Sour. And this is one that came from, uh, I believe, it's South American and or Latin somewhere. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. Uh, but uh, boy, it sure is an interesting style. The ones I've had, um, you know, it's a light and refreshing wheat ale with a clean lactic sourness. Uh, balanced by fresh fruit addition. That's pretty much all you get. There should be no hot flavors, you know, malt flavors. <laughs> it's just sour and fruit pretty much and refreshing uh, with maybe a little wheat, I guess, if you if you dig under all the fruit. But uh, so, yeah, um, I, I got uh, in the nose, nice, pleasant cranberry up front. Uh, so it should be very low malt component, lightly grainy, I guess, uh, kind of clean, um, a clean lactic sourness, uh, but it's also light in, in the nose. Uh, with the cranberry, I thought maybe a little more biting and harsh, but it's not. Uh, no hop noted, uh, medium fruity esters, no DMS or diacetyl or anything like that. Um, it's a very clear, uh, pretty kind of pinkish red, ish orangish color. <laughs> uh, low head that falls soon after pouring, uh, mostly finer bubbles. Um, yeah, it's just kind of, uh, and the bubbles are kind of pinkish white. It's interesting. Um, that cranberry is just reaching out into every aspect of the beer here. Nice. Um, the flavor, lightly, light, refreshing, tart character with fresh cranberry alongside that has a pleasant, um, kind of a sweet tart candy like impression. Uh, and it finishes dry. So that, that just kind of, it's like you chewed a piece of candy and just drop your tongue dries off and that lingers there. Like, like you just chewed a little, a sweet tart, um, but not as intense on the sourness, I would say that as the candy, but uh, it's reminiscent of that. Um, clean fermentation balances definitely to the fruit um, and slightly to the sourness. Uh, now it's probably kind of even between the two, both of them are fairly, um, uh, they're there and they're noticeable and there's not anything else stomping on them. But um, they they kind of play off each other nicely, and they both linger into the aftertaste. Um, no hop flavor or no bitterness. 
you know, I thought I got a light little, um, kind of a seedy, like, uh, uh, a tannic kind of thing, I guess in, maybe in the mouthfeel too, but like, a um, an impression of kind of seeds. I don't know. Just do cranberries have seeds in them. <laughs> no, cranberries really, right? do not have seeds. Yeah. But like a, kind of a, a pithy impression like maybe it could be from the skins or something else from the fruit yeah um but you know uh kind of i guess maybe pithy is a little bit better way to put it but it's just kind of an edge it's not it's not too distracting or just a light note that i kind of noticed in there but it's like when you get like um a raspberry mead or something that has like raspberries and, and the seeds are in there a little bit you get this kind of tannic edge to it that's reminiscent of that a little bit and maybe just because there's not much else here for anything to to hide behind it's it's just a really light um beer overall yeah um but yeah the, the body's medium light the carbonation is maybe a bit lower than helped i would probably bring that up a bit uh medium low should be medium to high uh there's no no warmth here that's fine a tiny hint of astringency from that whatever i was getting <laughs> uh refreshingly crisp and smooth though otherwise overall i'd say yeah the balance is right and this the fruit tastes fresh it's it's it tastes um all the way through the fruit, you know, sticks through the, you know, lightly in the aroma comes in the flavor nicely, sticks through the aftertaste, dries off. It's left there on your tongue. Um, I would say that you know, um, uh, cranberry is maybe a less typical choice for the the, mm -hmm. the fruit to to put in this style. So I don't know if if, if any makers down there, if it, do they have access to, to cranberries down there. I don't know, but. Um, you know, uh, I would say too that bringing up the carbon dioxide a little bit would help it pop just a little bit more. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a great recipe. It's a good beer for a hot day, even though it's a sour. It's, it's not like a sour that you just have to sip. It's a sour that you can you can quaff a bit here, and it's uh, there. You go. Yeah, I'd like a little more carbonation. I, but I think it's really really good for what it is. An interesting choice of fruit. I gave it a thirty-eight. I liked it a lot. All right, excellent, excellent. Brian Shar. All right. Uh, I really enjoyed this beer also. I think uh, I, when Brian started talking about it, I went into my kitchen to go pour myself some. So if I'm, if I'm repeating anything about uh, Katerina Sauer, please uh, uh, tell me to shut up and move on. Shut up and move on. But, <laughs> but I, I really like this, this style. It's like a Berliner Weiss that's stronger and has fruit. Kind of a kettle sour, lactic only sourness. And it's a beer that you're not supposed to have Brett character, and and it didn't, and it, it had lactic, not so much lactic as to be the unpleasant. I, I really enjoyed this, especially because I don't generally like cranberry. Mm. And on top of that, Brian, I did look while, uh, up on Google, and according to Google, cranberries do have seeds, like edible seeds inside. Um, I didn't look up the details, but that's just kind of interesting. I never really thought about that. Who's knocking? Who's knocking their microphone <laughs> around? What's happening? Want me? Okay. I'm not touching. And, and Nate's I muted. I'll okay. mute myself. All right. Something was going on. Sorry. So it was hard to hear like the last little bit. Uh, Shar. Okay. Um, no, I don't think yeah. I'm touching anything. Okay. Around my mic. So uh, aroma. I got a medium cranberry character in the aroma. Uh, a little pomegranate like also, and a little sure, a little heisey. This pomegranate, I think, is not dissimilar to cranberry anyway. Yeah, uh, a little little bit of of like heisey fruit punch, uh, kind of general general fruit. Uh, no hop aroma, no alcohol aroma. 
like very low malt. Uh, aroma was kind of at a, a medium, you know, low to medium level overall. Uh, very pleasant, gave that nine out of 12. Appearance is uh, very clear. Uh, probably I, I would venture to say it's crystal clear. Uh, it's the appearance, but I uh, sampled this initially. I thought it was like a rosé wine. It's dark enough in here. I need to turn my lights up again some more. But if this were, uh, you know, outside on a summer day, this would definitely be like, like a rosé uh, wine color. And kind of also a pleasant thing to drink on a nice warm summer day, like a, like a rosé. Uh, a low head that is somewhat persistent. Nice job. Three out of three. Flavor is initially berry and cranberry. Uh, like with the aroma, there's a little pomegranate in the flavor also. There's a medium acidity that follows. Uh, and my note uh, from before, more sour than funky. It's not funky at all. There's, there's lactic sourness, and I don't get any, any hint of bread, which is, again, the key to the style is you want lactic, but not the, the bread funk. Uh, very low hop bitterness. Malt isn't really noticeable, but it's not really supposed to be a, a standout in the style. This <laughs> right. is about the lactic and about the fruit. Uh, yeah. If you had, you know, like 20 pounds of marisotter in here, I think it would just be a hot mess. Uh, it probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't, wouldn't want to finish, you know, a full pint of that. Uh, finish is of medium length and it's dry. Uh, you know, lactic is a kind of a, you know, the notes that I had, the previous bottle that we had judged, uh, how long ago was that now, Brian? Probably a couple months ago. Uh, that yeah, bottle, a couple I, months ago. April. My, yeah. Okay, yeah, April. Yeah, so more than a couple months ago. I think that had a little more lactic than this bottle. Time uh, has no meaning in this era. <laughs> right. We are. I don't know what the frick month it is. It's, yeah, I, I think, think July I think it, is almost oh. done. Watch your language, Cooper. Jeez. Rock I, I think in post, you're going to have like clocks and watches like floating to and from like around in space and a vortex yeah. and stuff. Pink um, Floyd comes in the background. Yeah. It, exactly. I think that sample had more, maybe more lactic character. Uh, and I'll be curious when we talk afterwards uh, about if these were bottle conditioned or not. Uh, and it may just be my perception of, of that day was that it was more lactic. It may be identical in lactic. That's the weird thing about judging the same thing separated in time by a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, three months, four months, three months, four months. Yeah. It was probably more yeah. carbonated the other one. Yeah. This one was, uh, I, I, my notes were low to medium carbonation. This is, this sample is definitely more of a low. Uh, and I noticed there was a mouth puckering character after the first sip in a good way with regard to mouthfeel. And I don't, I get a little of that. Well, yeah, I, I do get a little of that still with, with this. So that's that's definitely still present. Uh, no warming, low body. Uh, I gave it three out of five. Uh, I mean, I really just like Brian. I wanted more carbonation in this. Uh, overall impression, seven out of ten. I thought it was really flavorful and really tasty. Uh, I did get a little astringency out of the mouthfeel. And again, like we were talking about seeds and it's, it, it can be tough when you're talking about sour beer to talk about astringency, because that's part of what the sourness is, is astringency. 
So it's not, on the one hand, it's not entirely fair to say, oh, your sour beer is astringent. Uh, on the other hand, there's maybe something about the fruit character that maybe gave it a hint of the astringency, which is partly why this got a three out of five on, on the mouthfeel. Mm. Uh, I thought, so my notes are the cranberry level is perfect, or the seeds getting fermented. So and this is, I think we were thinking, our, our minds were going to the same place, kind of like with, for example, like grape seeds, which can end up being really, can uh, add astringency to wine or to beverages that you ferment uh, grapes in. Uh, and I, uh, uh, but overall, I mean, I, I'm going to finish this sample here. I will probably end up finishing the uh, the bottle, uh, depending on how much time we, we end up having here. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, 35 out of 50. Would drink again. Okay, perfect. Okay. Wonderful. Nate, are you ready, brother? You're muted. Right. There you go. What's up, man? Uh, do you have any questions for these guys? No, I don't think so. I mean, I appreciate your, your review there. And I'll just make, maybe make a couple of comments here with some of the comments that I heard from you guys. So, um, yeah, as I described before, so I made a six-gallon six batch here, basically, and I split that twice or in, split in half, I guess. So I did that, um, the passion fruit for half of it and then the cranberry for the second half. And I think typically the style call, calls for more of tropical fruit, but um, here in central Wisconsin, there's a lot of cranberries, and I've got a, a friend of mine that I usually get quite a few cranberries from to make some wine, and I want to do something a little different here. And I just thought that that the sour of the of this Catharina sour would, would play well with those cranberries. So just wanted to mess around and do something a little different, maybe not totally typical to style, and and just balance with that sourness. So um, cool. Yeah. So what I did with the, the cranberries there. So after. Um, basically, I've got them frozen into a ziploc into a ziploc bag, and what I do is put them in a like a sous vide cooker that holds a temperature for a couple hours. So I just kind of try to pasteurize them. So I try to keep them about 135 for a couple hours, and not really cook them. You know, try to avoid getting some of those like pithy flavors, like you said, from either the seeds or from the from the skin. So I try to try to minimize that by keeping the temperature low, but long enough to maybe you know kill any any microbes that might be in there and, and screw with uh, with a. Uh, um, fermentation, but with it being a sour, it's probably not so critical in doing something like that. But um, I did wind up adding a couple of um, couple of ounces of um, of uh, puree to some some cranberry puree just to kick up that flavor a little bit because it just seemed like I didn't get enough you know of that flavor from just the the cranberries themselves. So I could have maybe instead of used three pounds, went to like a five or six pounds. But um, with what I already did there, I figured it'd just be easier to add a little bit of puree that I had on on hand. That's again, that's that amaretti. And you know, as far as purees go and extracts go, I think that provides some some really good flavor versus some other things that I've tried some of the artificial stuff. So nice, yeah, yeah. And a couple couple of combination uh, or a couple of questions regarding the com the carbonation or comments rather. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of um, filling bottles off of my kegerator, so it's always difficult to try to maintain that CO two. Um, kind of got like a wand that I try to keep pressurized there, but just it's it's kind of tough just to maintain that CO two. So. Um, I know, I think your last podcast there, I think I don't know if it was Evan, but the, he, he talked about some apparatus he had to really maintain that, that carbonation. So I've been kind of looking around and I think I kind of scoped out what, what he was looking at. So I might, I might try that going forward. If I send you guys some more beer, just to try to help keep that carbonation level up where it, where it should be. Hell yeah. You use the picnic tap with the, um, with the little, uh, a stopper around it to, to kind of, yeah. And it just kind of release pressure as it fills. Exactly. Kind of yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, they got a stainless yeah. seal 
almost like a straw with a with a with a stopper on there. Yeah. So I, I kind of purge it with CO2. I've got one of those little handheld CO2s yeah. for like eggs. So I kind of purge I purge the bottle and I keep it cold and actually kind of do a pre-rinse with the beer too, just to you know, try to do my best to keep the foam down and keep it cold. But it, it's tough when you're filling off a kegerator there. So <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna try that pressurized one and see if I get a little better results with that. So yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah, I hope it works out for you. Yeah. It's, and then it's, yeah cool hard to get it just right <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely man carbonation is kind of a bitch it's really uh, tough man it's yeah. really tough uh yeah, it's easy it's easy to keg but when you go to bottles it's tough to maintain that yeah so. that's right yeah. uh all right nate well if that's it uh, i guess we'll let you go sounds good man thanks guys appreciate cool. your feedback yeah. thanks dude nice to meet yes. you this time you, uh, face to face and all that and yeah. uh yeah enjoy my my brother spends a lot of time in Wisconsin, and I, I, I enjoy uh, New Glarus beers. I, best tour, best beer tour in the world is New Glarus, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, Dan Carey came out and said hi and asked him a couple questions. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. And uh, they make that uh, they do make that Cranbic, so I wondered if maybe that was a little bit of an inspiration. You know, oh sure, uh, yeah. So yeah, the cranberries are around you there. <laughs> they do some fun stuff though, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Nate. Thanks. Take it easy. Have a great night. All right, later, dude. You too. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, guys. Well, that sounds good. Maybe I do have that, actually. I'll go dig, you know, between shows, I'll go dig around for that beer. Maybe I do have it. It's got a way to do that. Yeah, I will. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's it. We've already taken our two breaks, right? I'm not, mis- I'm not missing anything. We're all done. What? Do we, do, we, do we need to plug anybody? No. We... All right. We're all good, baby. That's all automated. We've, uh, uh, we've plugged our pluggables. We're, uh, that's correct. We're all taken care yeah. of, I guess. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's get out of here. How about that? Um, if let's see if anybody wants to down. send me a beer, though, I'll, us a beer, please hit up Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com and uh, please uh, send us your, your best or your worst beers. We'll, we'll take mm-hmm. any variety. If you want feedback on how to fix it, we'll help you out. If you want feedback on how to win a competition with it, we'll try to help you out. Well, thank you. <laughs> that's right. Brian Yes, please. And that's really what we're after. We are sort of after, you know, bad beers. That's what we're yeah, looking for. That's how we uh, We like those. Yeah, for sure. Thanks a lot everybody and uh, you know, until next time we'll uh, I don't know, send us beers like Brian just said. Stay safe, Six. wear a mask, stay away from each other. God's sakes. Six. Yeah. Okay. Uh cool. <laughs>